The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here with Magnus Lindbaum. Uh, he's joining us from Sweden. And, you know, Magnus, it's really funny. I always scour the people that I follow on social media, and it didn't take me long to find uh, your stuff because one of my friends, Dusty Dodgers, said, hey, have you heard of this guy? Have, have you seen what he's doing on YouTube? I said, yeah, I've heard of him, but I haven't seen any of his YouTube channels. and I was uh, babysitting my daughter, actually. She fell asleep on me, so I was stuck in the chair. And I was like, I'm going to turn on YouTube. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what this guy is all about because I trust you know, Dusty's suggestions for me. And I started watching your videos, and I was absolutely blown away at what you do, your, your style of photography, your videography, which we're going to get into completely in this podcast uh, and dissect those one by one. But I, I wanted to hear right off the bat kind of how you got started in photography and, and what led you to your approach to outdoor photography. Yeah. So thank you so much, David, for having me on the show. Um, how did it start? Um, it did. Uh, I think I, I got a um, um, like a digital camera from my parents in graduation, a gift. And the year after I went to um, military service as an Arctic Ranger here in Sweden. And um, during that year we had, we were out a lot in, in nature and I had this camera with me. Um, I was more or less documenting what we did, didn't focus that much on, on the landscape or like the like the style that I have now, but I think the the seed um, I think um, the seed for what I do now um, was grown from there. And after that, I went um, on a backpacking trip. I had this like adventure last after we finished the uh, the training, and I went on a backpacking trip into the into the high mountains here in Sweden. And I was just, <laughs> I knew like when I, when I got there that this is, you know, this is what I love to do. And, um, having the camera with me, trying to document both the, like the travels in, in the wilderness, but also like the landscape around me was just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really, you know, what was it that got me started, but it was just something that, um, that's, that's spoke to me, uh, about the, the process of like having the camera, um, in, in, in this environment, trying to capture that feeling of being there in, in a way, um, <laughs> if that makes sense. Was it light? Was it just yeah. a moment that you had never seen before or experienced? I think, I think both the landscape, uh, like that part of the mountains i hadn't been that high before so it was like a special uh, special thing to come up into the high alpine uh, terrain with glaciers and you know these um, very b barren landscapes uh, um, up in up in the high alpine terrain 
And then, of course, it's in, in the mountains, you light becomes a little bit more obvious than when you're in the lower terrain. So you see this, you know, you see the light, like the sun um, bursting through, um, like the clouds hitting some rain shower in the far distance. And you start to think, you know, that's beautiful. But I, I, I didn't have that much you know, clue about as as with everybody starting, right? I didn't have any clue of like what kind of light was. You was you were just pointing the camera at um, what was dramatic or what was like, um, um, yeah, what what stood out. Um, but I didn't have any. Of course, I didn't knew that much about it. <laughs> what was the learning curve like for you? You know, I think it, for me, it sounds like you experienced a landscape and then kind of tried to patchwork together your knowledge of how a camera worked and, and were able to create your vision from that. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much like that. Um, oh, learning curve. I think I just told myself that I'm just gonna cont- because like, it's just to go out there and try again. Like when I came back from that first trip, I remember feeling like I remember having that, you know, feeling, of, oh, I need to look at those pictures from there. And when I saw those images, I was like disappointed, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, th- then I just knew that, okay, I didn't, I just need to do it again and again and again. And I think my my learning process was, was just uh, trial and error. Uh, I did look in some books and like trying to find a bit of knowledge, but for the kind of photography uh, back then, I didn't find that much. It's, it's, it wasn't like this was 15 years ago, so it wasn't like um, um, <laughs> like the um, the smorgasbord or everything you can you can learn on the internet today. It wasn't the knowledge wasn't out there in in the same way. There weren't uh, a ridiculous amount of photographers sharing tips on YouTube or anything nope. like that. <laughs> nope, <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> yeah. What What did you take from that first trip that you still feel like you you get the same feeling from when you go out and photograph now? Hmm. Just a sense of awe, like especially. On that first trip, I I was out with a friend, but um, most time I'm out alone, and it's just for me, it's just something special when you're when you're standing in front of a like a like a mountain landscape, uh, preferably a bit higher up in the terrain, and just viewing out over this uh, you know wilderness and just having the camera there. It's just for me, it's just something um, uh, that's just. Yeah, I lost it further, but it's um, it's a special thing, um, and also knowing that you are um, uh, maybe the only one to witness like a special moment. I think that is also a, a thing that I'm, I'm, uh, um, yeah, I feel is, is special. Sorry. <laughs> would Would you prefer to go it alone and and go by yourself? Yeah, that's that's. I wouldn't say it's. I enjoy to go with other people, but when I go with other people, it's it becomes also very much about that uh, relationship um, um, between me and my friend or my partner, and um, and I can't really concentrate um, that much on the photography as I do when I go al- alone. So 
I can't say I prefer um, to go alone, uh, but the photography side of me prefer to go alone. If you, yeah, know I, I mean. read. Yeah, totally. I, I I definitely understand that the same way. Every time that I go with somebody who's mm-hmm. not a photographer, it becomes it's it's still extremely enjoyable in other ways. Yes. Yeah. And. You get to share Almost. the experience with someone. Exactly. But like, exactly. It, it's like when you're going alone, you're trying to share that experience through the camera, I think. Well, I think that has a lot to do. That That's a paradox of, of emotions, I feel like, where, mm. you know, you're giving up one thing to gain yes. another mm. and it can go either way. You know, it reminds me of, of something that you were saying in one of your YouTube videos, you're saying, you know, I've been here several days. I believe you were in a low valley and you said the weather is beautiful and, and it's amazing, like clear, sunny skies. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's beautiful to sit in, but it's terrible for photography. Yeah. 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 It's such a paradox, right? <laughs> because the outdoors man, like loves, loves that kind of, uh, <laughs> weather, but with the camera doesn't. Hmm. <laughs> Did your background in the military kind of prepare you for where you what you're doing right now? Yeah, it did in 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 some ways, especially um, for winter uh, for the winter trips uh, because we were like we were getting the best uh, um, uh, training you could you could possibly get in in like winter survival and just keeping yourself uh, out of danger in the winter and uh, that that part has really helped me um when i do the winter stuff but also of course the the summer part um the summer season as well but mostly winter i would say um just to get the confident confidence also to to do these things um i i feel like yeah totally i feel like a lot of people who see what you do would immediately say hey i would love to go out and try mm -hmm. that but I would assume and and know from my own experience that there is, there are some safety precautions that you have to know about mountaineering, especially in Arctic conditions. What are some of those that people should look into or or look towards to get that training in before they go out? Mm, I would say one thing, if you go alone, it's uh, like the sense of loneliness. You can't really practice for that. You can practice for it, but you can't practice in in somebody else's um, um, <laughs> uh, with someone else. So you have to be alone to really to really get to know yourself. That part is, I think, a bit underestimated because it can sometimes be a bit romanticized, like this thing of going alone into the wild. Right? You had you mm-hmm. have a few films on it into the wild. Uh, I think there is a film called Wild with Reese Witherspoon. There is also. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a few of those. I think it can be a bit romanticized. Um, it's a beautiful thing to go uh, alone, but I think you have to be prepared for it a little bit and like build yourself into it. Um, and if we're not talking about the alone part, um, I would say in summer there is less less of like really um, life threatening things, like things that can go so wrong that you are <laughs> in a bad situation. But in winter, there's just a different game. Then you really have to have to know what you are doing. And I think uh, hypothermia, uh, avalanches, um, um, 
just um, just always thinking one step ahead um, when you're doing something. Like think about the consequences before you do you do like traversing, um, go over a lake. Go like it can be as easy as you go um, um, over a river and you f- you fall through dies and then what to do if it's ever been in one of those situations before yeah if i have yeah uh no (laughs) and (laughs) luckily yeah luckily yeah and i think i haven't been in that many situations because i'm all i'm always a bit like i always think it's true before but of course you can have uh, you can just have bad luck right but Mm -hmm. i think i think the um, a good a good person that is traveling in the wilderness is someone that, that that is actually thinking of all these stuff that you don't you, you rarely go into these situations where where bad things happen and if you know what i mean um it sounds like that's going back to your military experience that's a way that the military trains you to yeah. think in yeah. a way of being hyper aware of situations yeah yeah totally is it is it easy for you to detach from that way of thinking when you are just in normal everyday life? Mm, yeah, when I'm, when I'm when I'm in normal life, I don't think too much like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I'm like guiding or anything, like working with other people, then then I have that on all the time. <laughs> I want to go back to what you said about loneliness, uh, training yourself to deal with that. It's something that I've honestly had struggles with Magnus and uh, my mm. experience being out in the wilderness by myself. And it does force you to realize uh, different things about yourself that, that maybe you mm. kind of put into the back of your mind and didn't want to think out, think about those typically are the thoughts that come to the forefront uh, from my experience, at least, do you ever still struggle with loneliness when you are out uh, going on? I mean, you're out for weeks at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I do struggle with it. Uh, it's just, it's just, I think it's impossible not to. <laughs> um, I think the, 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 like, if you are, I think if you're hiking, skiing, if you're active, then, then you don't really have the time for it thinking those thoughts and if you're doing photography then you're so um immersed in that experience but the times between like if you are i think the the parts when you are waiting for the light in a place then you can really sometimes especially if um if the weather is a little bit miserable you're 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 like a bit wet or it's very cold then then those thoughts can can come i think um hmm yeah do you take, I mean, you've got to take like a book, uh, yeah. music. I mean, yeah, you I got do. to take something with you. <laughs> yeah, I do have, uh, I don't take a book, but I do have audiobooks and podcasts. So <laughs> that's a good thing you're doing. You're doing. Um, yeah. And music. So I try to mix it up a little bit. And it's, I don't really listen to that much music or books when I'm hiking or doing photography, but it's, it's good to have in, because my style of photography sometimes it's it's good to stay in a place for like up to a week <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you're doing that kind of you're waiting out the weather right to be able to climb a peak or you're waiting out the light into the valley somewhere um then it's then it's <laughs> i think it's uh, 
it's um, um it's a necessity to have something to 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 do last audiobook you listened to was what oh last audiobook oh we have um it's in swedish so we have um it's a crime series called uh, by um uh, author called Lars Kepler um but yeah it's called the uh, spegelmannen in swedish the mirror man <laughs> a crime book yeah yeah <laughs> okay i wasn't going to pin you for a, a crime book or like a crime novel guy <laughs> is uh, that what you go to um i think also sometimes it's good to have something that just takes you out of out of like the wilderness into another world um um because if you listen to like um Thoreau or any like Edward Abbey, any of these, mm. you know, Desert Solitaire, like any of those books, you know, it's very similar to what you're already doing. So I try to <laughs> to mix it up a little bit, although it can be very nice to to listen to something um, like uh, Into Thin Air by Jan Krakauer. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, mm. I, I think we've talked about loneliness a lot. I, do you ever struggle with creative blocks when you're out for long periods of time mm, i think um uh, usually not because uh, it's it's m more like a uh, weather block <laughs> if the weather doesn't mm. really do it for me then then i can have it but it doesn't really it's not about the creativity it's just that um, um like the conditions isn't what you want um but that you could you could say it's it's um uh, in a way, a um, creative block, but um, I think I think I try to just um, do uh, as like what I can with the with the stuff with the conditions that I get and with where I'm at at time. Uh, I don't think that much about like oh I'm I'm not um, in the mood for this, so I don't have any like inspiration for this because I think when you're in the mountains, things happens um you get new experiences there is very little to not be inspired by or but then again it can be frustrating because you can have something that you really want to create but you don't have the um, the conditions there so i wouldn't call it like a creative block um or a photographer's block it's more like <laughs> weather block <laughs> i don't know um have you have you always kind of gravitated towards the silence or the silent moments? Yeah, I think, I think that goes back a little bit towards being on your own. So I've spent very long, very like years alone in the wilderness. So I guess that's really, um, if you mean in the, in the pictures, but, uh, I don't know, it was it more generally speaking, and throughout your entire life, like yeah, even going back to back when you to were a child, kid. Yeah. Mm. I, th I think I'm quite a social uh, like human being, uh, but I always like that sense, like that part of just going away from, 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 from the people, even when I was a, a little um, child and just going play by myself or doing like running, like long distance running. Not very long, like today, but <laughs> not ultra, but like um, 10k or 20k. Um, I've always liked that that part. So, in a sense, yes. Um, mm. When when I first started 
watching your content, looking at your photos. Um, it's, it's a contrast to what I do. You know, I'm more of like a day hiker, maybe mm-hmm. like a weekend backpacker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of many people who are doing what you do. Are you one of the last of a dying breed of a style of photography? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. It's, <laughs> it's something that you don't want to be, right? <laughs> or do uh, you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I just, I don't try, I, I try to not think too much about it. But yeah, as you say, I think photography um, has like shifted a little bit. So maybe people like... I don't know. Um, everything has to have like a turnaround time. Like you can't be out for too long working on something. Um, I have tried to build build my life to be able to be out for a long time and work on something. Um, it's it's definitely not the most like productive you can be in terms of being a photographer. Um, so if I'm going to Iceland or any other place which I've been and I enjoyed very much. Uh, then I can be very like much more uh, productive. Um, but when I go out on these trips, um, it's just you know you sometimes you go out for two weeks and you you go you come home with nothing really. It's like you're like a hunter or a fisherman and you go out for a long long period of time and you come home with nothing. It's not a it's not you know you had a good experience, but um, you're always hoping for that catch. Um, Hmm. What 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 was the um, the thread there? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I think I think you kind of led to another question. Are yeah. you more of a hunter or an observer when you're out photographing? Mm, great. <laughs> um, I think I'm um, more of. Um, I like to be a hunter and move a lot, but I tend to be a, like more of the observer, like the fisherman, staying in a place and really like watching, like because. Um, the 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 photographs that I'm most uh, happy with are usually the the photographs where I stayed in a place for a longer time and waited for the light. Of course, there there is some some moments that when when light just happens in front of you and you get a perfect uh, like um, like the perfect image gifted to you, uh, but uh, usually it's not the case. So I, I as a like as a photographer and. Uh, I'm I'm more of the the fisherman style, I, I would say. But but I do like like um, the hunting because uh, like I do also like to explore stuff and see different like valleys and things. But you're not a good photographer if you're uh, doing too um, um, like too much hiking in a day or you you're like I've done these trips where I'm just totally exhausted every time I I put up the tent. And it's it doesn't really work uh, to be creative in that um, in when when you when you're totally exhausted like that. So I try to yeah. So there's a balance of the two. Yes, I think. And sometimes I go too far in one direction, like I go too far in in the waiting game as well. And and it's not. Sometimes you just have to move on and try something new. I can be quite uh, stubborn, like I. Uh, and I have quite a lot of patience, but sometimes you have to realize that maybe you won't get the, the image that you, you hope for. Hmm. I've mentioned your YouTube channel several hmm. times uh, already in this, and 
honestly, you know, I checked right before we jumped on, you have 833 subscribers right now. Yeah. <laughs> it is an absolute shame that it's that low. Um, I, I w- it's probably the best cinematography of like an outdoor landscape photography vlog that I've seen in a very long time. Oh, thank you so much. Um, glad to hear. Um, yeah, I don't know about the numbers, but um, I, 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 this whole um, um, YouTube channel thing, it just um, grew out of, um, because I didn't really intend to do it in the first place. Um, Why not? I was just, I think as a stills photographer, you're a little bit stubborn. To ch- I have always felt like, you know, uh, like the film, the video stuff, it's not for me. I like to do the stills and um, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so I was a little bit reluctant to to dip my feet into that world. But I'm really glad that I did because uh, it's just been so liberating to finally being able to tell like the the full story or as full as you can tell it because it it you get um the possibility to really uh, bring people along um and show what it's like there like you can show the the photographs but you can also show um uh, like all the stuff that goes around around the trip how much work are you are you putting into the the b-roll that you're shooting and just the like nature shots because i mean and the reason i asked this this magnum magnus is i was watching one and you know it's just this river shot and then all of a sudden you're paddling like several meters out into the lake you Mm -hmm. have to paddle come back to the camera get the camera paddle back out yeah yeah (laughs) it's those kind of uh shots are uh, of course a lot of work and you're usually you are doing the adventure you're not just there to take that shot you know you are actually moving from point a to point b you know you have to um <laughs> make certain distance so yeah it's it's a bit of a bummer to be honest especially when you're paddling because you know standing in the water with the pack craft there you're getting those numb feet and you know it's just a <laughs> it's it, and the thing, the thing that can be a little bit um, uh, deceiving, I think the world word is, it's like everything looks so calm when I'm paddling there. But if I show you the like the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes, you can you can see that I'm I'm uh, <laughs> swearing and everything. <laughs> so it looks peaceful from what we're seeing. Yeah. But in the boat, you're like huffing and puffing. And, <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. But yeah. If you're doing two takes of it, it's yeah. It's, but I think um, I'm really like I, I like to put in that effort because I like the camera to be like recording what it's like to be there, and I think just of course you have to set it up like the tripod and thing, but I try to do it in a way that uh, like doesn't you you are not uh, ob- observing the camera while you're doing it those kind of scenes if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is it what's the most gratifying part of the process of making these behind the scenes videos of taking us on the journey like when you hit export what feeling do you have um 
uh, oof, that's a hard one. I don't know if I've come so far that I, because I'm quite new on this. Um, but I think actually when I hit export, like when I hit export, the first film, like the first longer one I did, which is the 17 Days Alone film, um, I was just uh, <laughs> afraid of what people like. I was scared <laughs> mm. of what people would think because um, I hadn't really done anything like that before. And I was also putting myself out there a little bit uh, with the being like personal and stuff like that. Um, but I think uh, the most gratifying thing is just to be able to 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 show people like this is what I do. Um, and um, hopefully, like people enjoy that, uh, just to come along in a, in a, like an honest way. I don't want it to be, um, you know, uh, over dramatized, um, if that's the word. Um, I don't want it to be, you know, like the, some of these TV shows can be very. Uh, um, you know, it's just a lot of drama all the time, right? Uh, I just want it to be peaceful, and if I can, if I can convey that sense of being out there alone and using myself as a, as a, like in those, as you said, B rolls when I'm walking through the landscape. If I can make people feel like they are there with me, or if like they can get that sense, then, then that's that's um that's a beautiful thing. Does it help you fight the loneliness knowing that you're filming something that somebody else will eventually see? Maybe not um, in that sense, but I think you're, you have one thing more. You have one mission beside the photography. You can document your trip and that becomes a mission in itself. So it's, it's, it helps me uh, stay creative so when I'm in that creative zone, I don't really feel you. You're not thinking about, hey, you're being alone here. I'm thinking about, okay, where should I put a tripod, <laughs> or where should I? Can I do? Can I walk uh, across this river here? And it it probably probably look nice. So you're always thinking about that, and I think that helps. It gives another dimension to the to the adventure. Um, but of course, it also adds a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Um, we mentioned a learning curve in your photography. Was there mm. also a learning curve in the video aspect? Yes. Yeah, so I have tried a little bit over the years to, to do some filming, but, um, it's mainly been with the phone and I, I decided uh, actually when the pandemic hit here in, um, last, last spring or winter, um, I decided to, to step out of my comfort zone and, and, um, uh, learned um, editing because that's mm. been actually the the part that's been like uh, that's ke that's keeping me away of doing anything I, I didn't know how it worked like all different formats like that kind of stuff that I know uh, very very good for my uh, stills photography but I didn't have a clue what people were like doing uh, uh, with, the, with the film stuff with the video so that has definitely been a learning curve and like with the filming yourself out there, I just try to go for a f like what I feel is right. But then there is the thing of um, uh, editing, <laughs> right? You probably <laughs> felt it yourself. 
uh, I have, trying yeah, to put yeah. something together out of this chaos uh, adventure <laughs> that yeah, makes some yeah, kind of sifting, sense. <laughs> sifting through all the clips that yes. you have and, and trying yeah, to organize just, those in your mind. So if, you, if you're having trouble with all the sliders in Lightroom, <laughs> then, then it's just, uh, it's nothing compared to the complexity of, of uh, telling a story through, through video, right? If you could relate the feeling of your videos back to a movie or a film, is there one that you draw inspiration from? Hmm. And the reason I ask this is because I was, I was watching just earlier today and one of my favorite films is, is Castaway. I don't know if you've seen it before. I've seen it. And it, it just makes me the silence, the stillness, and, and just the movement with very few words made me feel the exact same way. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, a film, I can't really say. I think it's just um, like um, things that I've seen over the years that I felt like, oh, this is what I like. So it can be uh, another YouTube channel or um, it could, uh, there was one film that I was watching uh, um like just prior to or when i started with editing working with that it was like um i don't know what what it was called it was some some old lady collecting honey in um some middle eastern country it was just it the thing is with that one it was just these um she was just walking in this like vast landscape towards her towards her bees where the bees were and I just felt it was so nice with that calm sense. So I think you just pick up um, small things here and there. Um, but like maybe the Into the Wild comes to mind, which is mm -hmm. a film that I enjoy. Uh, but I can't really say that I can, you know, look back at, at just a specific uh, movie. You know, everybody likes that film. I And everybody always told me I would like it. Uh, yeah. being, you know, a landscape photographer, mm -hmm. I, I hated it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why? I didn't, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think like you said, it, it romanticizes mm. solitude mm. and he was looking for something in the solitude yeah. and at the end, um, yeah. won't spoil anything, but it was like, <laughs> he realized that you know, mm. he wasn't looking for solitude. He was really looking for connection. Yeah. And it was just a little depressing, I think. Yeah, it's, it, it is. And, but I, I think that like that can, like that movie just made a huge impact on, on like people wanting to, for some absurd reason, like wanting to seek the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> even though you, you get the end with, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's strange. Are there a lot of people photographing the Swedish mountains and the high elevations like you are? Um, I think it becomes maybe more and more, but also um, I think hiking in the mountains is just getting more popular for each year, I believe, although we had had a culture of that for a long time here. Um but doing, like, I think it's just where you draw the definition of doing photography because everybody has, has a camera or a phone with them on their hikes. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, uh, I'm not doing anything original. 
but if you are thinking about doing like quality work um like thinking about light and thinking about like a landscape photograph then i think there's not very many people doing it but there are um there are of course a few and i think people are coming in maybe from germany and and like uh, um, middle europe uh enjoying the like the the nature that we have up here um so yeah do you think any of that is because of your work uh well that would be flattering but um yeah i don't know um i think i think there is uh, uh no i, I wouldn't I, I can't say <laughs> I, th- I think there is uh, like we have um some older like older photographers here that um that's been doing it a long time so i can't really yeah, say i i speak yeah uh it's hard to say what 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 is the community and culture of photography like in Sweden? Yeah, um, I think uh, it was a very nice community, but now it happens on the internet only. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's like um, maybe we lost a little bit of of everything tr- meeting people because everything is everything is so connected online now. Um, but I would say like there is a active like going out to the camera in nature here is is not something it's interesting because when I look back at like 15 years ago when I started, if I stood uh, somewhere and with my camera pointing at something, people would just uh, think I was nuts. But nowadays it's it's very common. So I think it's actually changed over the years. And in Sweden, we have we have have had a tradition of like documenting nature, so mostly wildlife photography, um, and that kind of. Um, I think in in the US, you are leaning a little bit more on the landscape side because of Ansel Adams and mm-hmm. and and people that has really um, paved the road. Uh, but here in Sweden, it's been mo- been a little bit more on the wildlife side, so. When I started like doing landscapes, it was seen as a little bit odd. And but nowadays, it's just you know people are oh are you doing all landscapes right? You're not niche down on like it's it's become much more um, common. And it's it's people are niching down on on maybe astro or uh, as you know. Is you mentioned Ansel is kind of like the father of landscape photography mm-hmm. for the most part, and in, in people's knowledge in the history of landscape photography in the mm-hmm. United States, are there similar figures in Sweden or in Europe in general? Oh, is it? I don't think in that sense. Not in Sweden. Um, are you the I, first? No, no, no. Uh, Are you ab- the Ansel? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> no headlines. <laughs> I thought it was no. groundbreaking there for yes. a second. No, no, no. <laughs> no, of course, there's been a lot of people before uh, doing great stuff. Um, uh, like Hans Strand, uh, if you know, um, mm-hmm. he's a great photographer, been doing especially great work in, in Iceland. Um, but it's hard to, like probably that has been more of a wildlife photographer maybe uh, like having that uh, sense like call himself uh, like the photographer of of the of the people like we had a few of those like that everybody knew like what was a household name but in terms of landscape photography i think we haven't had that in sweden um actually 
I tried to steer away from gear talk in these podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do have to ask you because I am extremely curious and I have you right now. Hmm. What, what in terms of gear are you taking on this? How do you decide what to include in your bag? Because you're also taking survival equipment, food, um, I'm assuming coffee and tea with you. You would only be smart to do that. Yeah. Are you mean it in terms of camera equipment? Equipment to because you know filming, uh, photography, and then also battery life, uh, yeah. memory cards. You know yeah. that can be overwhelming over several days. Yes. Um, so I'm shooting with the with the Fuji system. So the stills camera that I have is. Um, it's their medium format actually, so it's not the lightest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it's a GFX 50R, and I have like four lenses um, to that. And uh, but it's a bummer because it can't really do video. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm also bringing a XT4, and like mm-hmm. the Fuji XT4 with a, a, just a simple kit lens, and that's what I'm have been doing all the video with. Um, and then I have a microphone for that. And then I have like batteries for the stills camera, seven batteries for that one. And I do have quite a lot of batteries for the video camera as well, but I have a power bank to, to charge it. Um, yeah, so it, and then a tripod, uh, sometimes I have also, I don't bring two tripods, but sometimes I bring a small, like just, um, um, like a 10 cent, like a table tripod, um, just to be able to film myself when I, do photography some in some with, with with the other tripod so yeah it becomes when you add the like the like the filming it becomes a little bit more complex um especially with the audio and it just it just you just need more um, um battery power i'm i'm a big food person okay <laughs> and one of the one of the big problems that i have with backpacking when i have done it is <laughs> I, there's nothing good to eat. Mm. Have you figured out like the hacks to getting good food with you when you are going backpacking or going for several weeks? Mm, I think uh, I usually do my own breakfast. It's just oats, uh, powdered milk, cinnamon, raisins. It's just a um, thing that I've come to come to enjoy. You can do it uh, cold or you can do it hot like a porridge. Um mm. For lunch, it's just uh, usually snacks like bars and chocolate and sweets and um, sausages. And you can become a little bit, um, um, it can be a little bit boring with all the sweets, but it's just to keep you going. <laughs> like usually you have to have a, like a photo bar. I call it photo bars because you need to have something with you if the light gets good and you have to run up on a on a hill or on a mountain. So you have okay, to... Okay, I like can, that. Yeah, a photo bar is good. And... Um, but then for dinner we have like a Norwegian brand called uh, Drytech, which does really nice um, freeze dried food. Mm-hmm. So I think those are really like the re- the one real uh, meal that I get in a day. And I usually they're quite expensive, but I usually prioritize those and buy the rest of the stuff quite cheap. So um, yeah. Um, okay that's a good powdered milk the powdered milk is something that i haven't tried before yeah it's it's kind of nice um with you can mix you can do your own like mix and it's usually when you buy those um 
in an outdoor store, it's very simple because it's you can do it. They cost a fortune, and you can do it yourself in just um, very easily. And you How? can adjust what? your taste. You can do this. You can you can do the you can just mix the ingredients yourself. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought you meant make the powdered milk yourself. No, no, sorry. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing not, this. Probably people doing that as well, but <laughs> I'm not the. You know, there is like um, you can you can of course dry things yourself, like dry meat or dry um, like uh, pasta sauce or whatever. And but it's just so very much time consuming so that would be a full-time job if if you would try to supply like a hundred days in the field <laughs> where uh where can people go if they want to find more about out about you or or watch all your videos yeah so yeah you you mentioned my youtube channel um so they can go there and i also have a website which is uh my name magnuslinbom.com dot com um and I'm on Instagram as well, occasionally. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking photography with us, Magnus. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, David.